I just kind of thought that like all women were attracted to women. And then I started talking about it with people and like my experiences. And I'm like, oh, you haven't masturbated to Sydney Sweeney? <laughs> God. Hello. We are back. Hi. Hello. Hello. Y'all, we are back with another episode of Black and White. We've taken a little bit of a hiatus. We've taken some time for ourselves. Um, I think it was very freeing for us to not plan it or announce it or what have you. So yeah, um, yeah I think we're a lot happened. A lot yeah. has happened. A we, lot has happened. A life got a little bit crazy. Cuckoo and bananas. We just needed a second to breathe and maybe yep. not talk about it to the, the internet. world. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine it's gonna that. be so hard for this not to become like a us having like a therapy session with each other and then just putting it on the internet for everyone to listen to. <laughs> you know what? I've thought about that, but I'm also like, if it does become that, like who the fuck cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like this is whatever we want it to be. And I think the feedback hmm. that we've gotten from it has been so, um, it's been, it's built us so much and mm -hmm. it's been really mm -hmm. important and it's been really constructive and what have you. So yeah, I don't, I don't fucking care. <laughs> well, I'm glad you feel that way because I think that's essentially what this is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. And we I are, love it. To call back to like one of our first episodes, we are therapizing each other. Therapizing each other, which I, <laughs> it is a real word. Okay. That's it what is. I learned from that episode. It's a real word and we're going to use it. And I, frankly, I use it in like everyday language. I don't know why I'm even questioning its validity but here we are so here we okay. are what the hell has been going on with you <laughs> some <laughs> casual things Ooh, to keep from crying it's fine <laughs> um so one really big update that i'm excited to share is that i was officially diagnosed with adhd what Oh, come over yes. to the dark side. Yes. Yes. So now this is officially a diagnosed ADHD podcast. Oh um, my God. Rather than just us talking out of our asses and <laughs> whatever comes with that. Yeah. But it's been so, so encouraging like to have an answer and um, just to have a different path forward. I feel like I've been stuck in this cycle of like, why do I have this lingering depression and anxiety? And um, I got on medication for my ADHD and it was the craziest thing. Like I called you, I called my other friend who has ADHD. Like I felt so calm. Like I could hear myself think, like my thoughts weren't just ping-ponging around. Like mm. my anxiety was so much better. My mood was so much better. I felt so calm and grounded. And it's just really encouraging because I'm like, if I continue to feel like this on medication, I feel like I can make some like real changes to my life right. that I felt stuck in before. Yeah. Um, so it's been very encouraging. Also, I'm so sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say mental health 
is a fucking journey. Like understatement, understatement. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just insane. Like I've gone through like I've processed a lot after receiving this diagnosis and part of me was feeling grief over, you know, struggling with this like my whole life and not knowing what it was. But there's right. also no way I would have been diagnosed before now. I had to deal with like the depression, the PTSD, the anxiety. Like it's like I've had to peel everything back in layers to like figure out what's underneath. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it is. It feels like the slowest process ever, but at least I've hit a little milestone. Yes, Yay. I'm so proud of you. And I can absolutely speak to the relief that comes with finding an answer, even if it's just scratching the surface, you know, what have you, mm -hmm. even if, you know, you're finding yourself in the place of deciding whether or not to be medicated for a diagnosis or, um, you know, you're kind of exploring a treatment plan, whatever that is, it's very relieving to kind of, you know, see a clearer path towards mm -hmm. an answer. Um, mm -hmm. And it's super complex and, you know, everyone's journey is different. So hearing that is so, so relieving, even, you know, Yay. from the outside looking in. Yeah. So I, I get it. I get it. I appreciate I, it. Yes. You are supported. Please know. I feel like I mm -hmm. don't even have to say that, but I you don't, but it's yeah. nice to hear. Yeah. I love you. Supported. Thank you. I love you. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> what has been going on with you? I mean, you know, just sucking dick and taking names. Um, <laughs> oh, that caught me by surprise. I did not think that's what you were going to say. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say what you did today. No, I don't want to talk about that. So, Okay, well, I will talk about it, but not in detail because I'm just riding the wave. You know what I mean? Yes. Anyway, yes. we'll get to that. Okay. So um, I have just been really enjoying this fun employment journey. Yes. Um, frankly, I think that I'm enjoying being unemployed a little too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I say that, I mean, I have gotten to the point where I'm like, oh shit, I could do this for the rest of my life. I mm -hmm. could be a housewife, a sugar baby, everything that, you know, I would have completely gone against or defied, you know, historically, but you're like, I, I get know, it. It's, I get it. I mm. get it now. Mm -hmm. It's so nice. Um, but I've been trying to like fill my time. I will say that, uh, friends and family have kind of deemed me the busiest unemployed person that seriously. You seriously. Yeah. I don't, I mean, but here's the thing. I'm, I have to keep busy. Otherwise I'm going to go crazy. Right. Mm. Like, I think that is, you know, an understandable sentiment, but I'm, I'm taking my time looking for my next role. I have gone back and forth debating with myself, whether or not I want to stay in tech, whether or not I want to pursue something more creative, um, what my future looks like, like, you know, yet another quarter life crisis hopefully quarter life crisis. But I'm like, how many quarter life crises does it take to lead to a midlife crisis? Like, am Two? I at the midlife 
No. Well, I mean, yes. Oh. You know, but I've had so many quarterly crises. Yeah. That I'm just like, Mm. what is going on? Um, You like me trying to do math there? I'm like, 25 plus 25 is 50. That's half. Yeah. (laughs) I really appreciate that. But also girl math. Have have you heard about this phenomenon? It's just like girl dinners. Like the girls, remember when you said- yeah remember when you said a couple months ago you were like oh the summer is for the girls like the girls are having a time yes i would beg to argue that the girls have taken over we're taking over fall 100 percent, 100 percent. it's feral girl fall we're you know (laughs) um exemplifying girl math and what that means girl dinners are at their height and i don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon like yeah, I just feel like the girls are girling and I'm here for it. But I am too. Somebody, so a friend of mine recently was talking about this new phenomenon of girl math, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, for those who don't know, girl math is basically, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it or explain it. It's basically like, let, let me give you an example of girl math in my own life. Mm-hmm. Someone pays me back for a dinner that I just decided to foot the bill for, right? But they pay me via Apple Pay. So I forget about it. Let's say it's maybe three weeks and I realize, oh, I have $150 in Apple Pay, but I go to Target and I tap to pay and I use that Apple Pay money. It's free. That was free. Absolutely. Free. 100%. Oh my gosh. 100%. You go to Starbucks and you use a preloaded card, it's free. 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 Exactly. And it's like those of us, those girlies who are, you know, maybe working on a quarterly or monthly budget. Yeah. You just, you eliminate what you can. And that is what girl math is. And you pay with cash. It's free. Exactly. If you, okay. So this is something that I've recently experienced selling something on Facebook marketplace. The buyer is, you know, tells you, oh, I only have cash. You say, okay, great. I'll take the cash, whatever. I'm not one to really carry cash. So when I do have it, I'm like, oh, it's fake money. Fake money. It's free. It's free. And that is what girl math is. So I was talking to a friend about it recently in the past couple of weeks. And she kind of shed this light on um, the beauty of girl math isn't necessarily that it's like kitschy fun, which, you know, is so great, you know, in and of itself. But the beauty of girl math is that we all as women were experiencing this on our own and we came Mm -hmm. together and realized we're not the only ones thinking about it this way yeah and so then we named we named it girl math and like that in and of itself it's just it's like weirdly unifying exactly exactly could not are we all a little deranged a little delusional probably but like we're in this together exactly and that is girl math. And as a person who was never really the most proficient in mathematics, <laughs> I appreciate girl math. All right. We'll just Me put it that too. way. Yeah. As yeah. someone who enjoys gifts, it's like an opportunity to give yourself a gift. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Did that make sense? I feel no, like that made more sense in my head. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking of like the little things that I bought. Like I bought a journal at Target recently. I bought a candle um, mm-hmm. from a local vendor. Like all of, and it was because of the money that I had in like Apple Pay on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it was all free. 
I we beat it. capitalism with girl math. Thank you. I do feel like I know we talked about girl dinner last episode. I do just want to acknowledge that I think there is a very problematic element to girl dinner. Okay, Namely, say more. I well, I feel like it is uh, sometimes what people are calling girl dinner is an eating disorder. Like sometimes you're just not eating, you know, Ooh. and I feel like that can be problematic. And I, I've seen a lot of people talking about that lately, but like girl dinner has no limit on calories. Like girl dinner doesn't what are have calories? to be little. Mm-mm. What are calories? Like, how do you calorie? Right. How do you calorie? We don't do, do cal- that. I don't know. No. Yeah. Oh never gosh. did. <laughs> you never counted calories. I've been encouraged to by, um, doctors years ago and you know by therapist not therapists um trainers but Mm. you never did it I never took it seriously like if ever I did it it was like yeah no it wasn't ever for me and like I don't mean to say that as a flex or what have you but I think that I want to bring light to this because I think it was frankly out of laziness. Like, again, Mm. not the most mathematical, like my proficiency in math is not it. (laughs) So like, why am I going to add that to my life? I think that was my thinking for many years. So yeah. (laughs) Man, I went hard on counting calories and points and all the things. I feel like I've tried every single diet, like at some point in my life. Oh Yeah. Like For keto, sure. paleo, whole thirty, vegan? whole thirty. No, nope, never did vegan. Never did vegan. See, um, I never did whole thirty because I like alcohol too much. Mm, I've had yeah. many friends be on whole thirty, and I'm like, hey, like that I worked with historically. I'm thinking of one in particular. I love her to death. And you know, we'd be at work and we'd be leaving, and I'd say, hey, do you want to like go to happy hour? She'd be like, I can't. I'm not drinking because whole 30 and I, you know, me being me, I want to accommodate my friends and I want to be like, oh, just because you're not drinking doesn't mean you can't come have an appetizer or like, you know, a sparkling lemonade or whatever. But like also what torture, (laughs) you know, for them to just be like, nope, I'm on whole 30. So yeah, totally hear that. But wait, is there anything you haven't tried diet, quote unquote, diet wise? (laughs) Um, I mean, I've never been like vegetarian or vegan or anything like that. Yeah, that's interesting because I was a vegetarian for several months mm. and then I decided meat was put on this earth for us to eat it, honey. <laughs> okay. Um, and I'm such a carnivore. I'm like, there's no way. So mm. there was that. Um, but yeah outside of that like i've tried vegan i love eggs i love cheese i can't do it Mm. you know so yeah that was the extent of my experience in trying to alter um my diet my eating habits yeah i feel like um intuitive eating is like 100 percent the healthiest way you can approach putting food in your body like yeah um and i think it's i think it's really nuanced but yeah just like listening to your intuition and your body's natural cues um which is easier said than done when you're like deeply disconnected from your body but i do feel like totally yeah totally no more dieting right no more counting calories no more dieting like 
I think that you can, there's a difference between, you know, dieting and being aware of what you're putting into your body. Like, would I go smoke a cigarette right now? No. And it's for the same reason that I wouldn't go eat a donut right now, which I fucking love donuts. Let's not get it twisted. But like, it's the same kind of just ideology of, okay, I'm just going to be conscious. It's consciousness, right? Like of what Mm -hmm. I'm putting into my body, what I'm exposing my body to. I am conscious that I would eat a donut right now if I had one. I would eat Taco Bell, so. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, okay. So today you and I have discussed, we want to talk, frankly, I'm just, we all know that I am, I don't want to use the word vulgar or crass. I think I'm just straight, straightforward. And if, you know, you think that, vulgarity or being crass kind of comes into play so be it but we correct me if i'm wrong kel want to talk about gay shit i want to talk about gay shit yes and the thing about talking about gay shit is i am going to sit back and realize that i am i don't know necessarily like statistically but given our history uh, with the LBGTQ plus community, like I am the the majority for once, mm. Jesus Christ. Um, I just, <laughs> that. anyway, um, so I think that it would be appropriate, correct me if I'm wrong, to kind of give you the floor. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I will, you know, come at you with my thoughts, questions, what have you, but would love to hear your gay shit story. How did you... <laughs> I know. I love, I love interviewing you. It's like my favorite, um, (laughs) quote unquote interviewing. I would love to hear just like how you came to define yourself, um, in your sexuality, what your journey was. Obviously, you know, we've talked about on the, the podcast, like what our histories are, but would love to delve a little deeper. Yes. Okay. I am so excited to talk about all of this. Um, you mean the gay shit? The I'm sorry. gay shit. <laughs> I can't. I want to use that phrase as much as possible. Thank you. Yes. Um, I just feel like so much joy right now because of the gay shit happening in my life. And it just like I feel like I've been in a little bit of a joy drought. And I am just taking everything that I can. Um, But like before I can like get into all of like the good things happening right now, um, like it didn't start off joyful at all. Um, So like we've talked about our experiences of like being in the church, being Christians and then leaving our faith. And for me, like that turning point for me of like, I'm on my way out happened when my brother came out. Um, I, this was in like 2016, I think. Um, My, one of my brothers had been like really struggling and like we knew that something was going on with him, that he was keeping a secret from us. And he um, ended up coming out to our family. And and I say, can I interject really mm-hmm. fast for context? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have twin brothers, younger mm-hmm. twin brothers. Yeah. Um, are they fraternal or they're not identical? 
They're not identical. They're for children. Okay, I was gonna say there's I I can you know draw the conclusions having yes. met them both. <laughs> so uh, your brother, the one that you're talking about right now, um, I knew in high school. I had classes with in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you and I reconnected, we talked about how like, I don't want to get emotional, but I just think it means so much because high school for me personally was a time where I didn't feel seen, heard, understood, known in any capacity, really, um, mm. except by those closest to me. And your sweet brother, you know, and I haven't even told him this, and I've, I've hoped that one day I can tell him. Mm-hmm. We clicked immediately. We had an AP psychology class together of all mm-hmm. classes. <laughs> And I just remember we would like say things under, we were at, you know, we were seated next to each other in class and we would say things under. You guys are smart asses. (laughs) 100%. And we, I can, I think I can speak for both of us when I say we pride ourselves on that. Thank you. Um, (laughs) But I just remember, and I have the most vivid memories of us making each other laugh and saying things under our breath that nobody else could hear about like Mm -hmm. maybe like our teacher was so awkward, but I think that's why she taught AP psychology. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I just remember us saying like, you know, things under our breath to one another. And I think that when I think about like teachers grouping students together, they, I would like to think that they try to group students together um, that maybe otherwise wouldn't get close or know one another. Mm. But I swear Mm. to you, thinking about myself and your brother sitting next to each other it was like I can confidently say we had known each other lifetimes before and Mm. so (laughs) when you shared the story that you're about to share um initially when you shared that with me it was groundbreaking I think so anyway I digress I digress please continue so 2016 all the things yeah and you know I could um I could, you know, do a whole podcast just talking about my brother and like the impact that he has had on me and the shit that he has been through. Um, It's been really, really challenging, but, um, but because he was like so brave to like come out and be like himself, it changed the course of my family's life like all of us, me, my other brother, my parents, like my brother coming out changed absolutely everything. Um, I remember the night he came out, he showed me a picture of him and his partner at the time. And he had this like smile on his face that I had not seen in like years. And I was like, you look so happy. Like, And I remember that night, like after like he came out and uh, all of that, I remember praying and thanking God for my brother's partner, um, for this man in his life. Mm -hmm. You think you would still do that? Like if like his coming out happened today, what do you think you would react in the same way or how do you think that would be different well no it would be very different because i was still a christian at the time Mm -hmm. like i very much still identified as that at the time i still believed homosexuality was a sin 
Um, I would have. Can I just say, even the word homosexuality feels like a farce to me. Hmm. Does that make sense? Like, it feels like non-representative of a community at large. And I feel like it's, it's cheap because yeah. of my history in the church. And I, yeah. I hear that and I'm just like, Mleh. yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. But at the time, you know, I would have said like, I love gay people. I love them so much. Like Jesus loves them so much. But ultimately I believed that the act of homosexuality was sinful and ultimately disconnecting from you and God. Like that was the reality of what I believed. Mm -hmm. So the night that my brother came out and uh, I found myself praying to God, thanking him for this man. Her. I realized her. like, well, <laughs> I'm oh sorry. God. That's I know. Really I know. complicated. <laughs> I know. We'll unpack that later. We'll unpack it later. Okay. All right. At all the right. time, God was very much a he, let me tell you. Yeah. God was a, a um, penis having person. Yes. Gross. I never thought about God having a penis. I don't like oh. this. Let's, Are you kidding? Oh. I thought about that a lot. Really? Like Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Never okay, we'll unpack that later because I literally, well, <laughs> not that a penis dictates your gender by any means, but I thought about Jesus like being human. Like to me, like him being fully human meant that he like had a regular like shit schedule and that he had, he got hungry and that he cried, mm. all the things. So yeah, but that's a different conversation. Please continue. <laughs> yeah, that is a different conversation. <laughs> That could really derail us tonight. <laughs> sure could, but we're not going to let it. <laughs> no, we're not. Okay. So at the time, I, so I remember like thinking if I'm thanking God for sending this person into my brother's life, which was a homosexual relationship, like this doesn't make any sense. It can't be sinful and good. Like you can't have both. It was one or the other. And it was so obvious to me that Brian and his relationship at that point in time was good. There's no other word. Like that was, it was just, it was right. It was life-saving. It was a support system. It was love. Like it was everything that is good. And I was like, but it's a sin what right like it really right. it was really a mind fuck for my little like christian brain that thought i had had this all figured out yeah um there's um a podcaster his name's bt Harmon. he used to go by brett trap he did mm -hmm. blue baby's pain did you listen to that uh briefly yes okay um anyways he is gay and has an amazing podcast on um what it was like to come out as a Christian. Um, if you're someone who is like, still not really sure like what you believe about homosexuality, like if you still identify as a Christian, I would highly recommend listening to Blue Baby's Pink. Um, BT Harmon does such a good job of like, not telling you what to believe, but just like sharing his story and letting you come to your own conclusions. And it was really beautiful for me. Um, I'm already, frankly, I'm already sold just by the title. <laughs> I yeah. Love 
and you don't learn why he he you don't learn why he calls it blue baby's pink until like the last episode too it's really cool yeah i'm sold yeah um but he talks about this idea of sidewalk theology um and that was really revolutionary for me like whenever i learned about that and sidewalk theology is this concept of like it's easy to have a stance on a complicated theological issue when you're on the outside of the house looking in but when it's your house and like your family and like you're at the kitchen table with your brother coming out it's different it's a it's it's like life and beliefs collide and in that moment it was like something rubbed like it just I my brain was like I couldn't process it like I could I mean understandably so given Um, you know your background given our background um if I may say um I recently which I would highly recommend um watched Mormon No More on Hulu Um, And it basically follows Mm -hmm. the story of two, well, several Mormon um, folks, like they uh, all were a part of the Mormon church, the LDS church, but it more uh, directly follows the story of two LDS women who left their heterosexual marriages and found themselves in a lesbian Mm -hmm. relationship with one another. Uh, when I say that I, there are a few times that I've sobbed that hard in my life, hearing firsthand what people have experienced by the hands of the church, but also being able to relate to it. I was blown away. Mm -hmm. And may I say, because of my appreciation for film and art and, you know, my support of documentarians, all of that, I, I ate it up and then some. Uh, the way that it was produced was mm. absolutely incredible. It did justice to the stories of everyone involved. It was absolutely uh, beautiful and like life-changing and mind-boggling. Um, so highly recommend that. Mm. Mormon No More on Netflix. You, Cal, would actually really love it. Um, I think... Wait, on Netflix I, or Hulu? Yeah, Hulu. I'm like, who's who? gonna buy okay. out who? Yes. It's all it's all a matter of time. It's all a matter <laughs> of time. Wait, why would I why would I really love um it? because of because they're gay? <laughs> I will be damned if ever I dwindle someone down to their sexuality. Shush, no. Because a lot of the rhetoric that is spewed out by my first thought is the parents of all of the folks that are followed within the Mormon church, you know, generationally, they have their own perspective. They have their own ideologies. They have their own um, ideals, you know, as how to approach the Mm -hmm. LGBTQ plus community. Um, And it's, it's very challenging, like mentally challenging, which I will always appreciate. So Mormon no more Mm. on Hulu. 10 out of 10 recommend. Wow. High praise. Um, My like weekly tradition after coming home from work on Fridays has been to get really high 
and watch like a long documentary or like docu-series. <laughs> um, please note that McKinley is laughing. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait, like <laughs> a docu-series like what? Like I give me, be more specific. What are you thinking? Like I, like I watched the um, Heard v. Depp docu-series it was like three hours i just like got high and watched Wait, all of it i didn't realize that was a series <laughs> yeah it was like okay three like an hour long or so mm-hmm. and that was on hulu yeah. too right but yeah that's my ideal is like a three to six episode right. docu-series i'm like i want to binge something like 100 percent, 100 percent so that's probably what I will do on Friday. <laughs> no, exactly. And Mormon No More, um, I believe it was like three to four episodes, I want to say. Don't hold Perfect. me to that. Yeah, you'll. I know you'll really enjoy it. I frankly hate that I uh, waited until now to tell you about it because I, I do think you'll really enjoy it and be able to resonate with a lot of the sentiment that's expressed, you know, in the, the series. So Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. Um, um, anyway... Your brother. Yeah. So come, the night he came out. Yes. Um, and like, I don't, I don't in any way want to like share his story, you know, like that's his to share, but I really want to share yeah. how his story has impacted my story. Mm. Um, but I went down this little rabbit hole of like, wait a minute. If I'm thanking God for my brother's boyfriend, what does that mean about my beliefs? And um, I like write Wait, books. I'm so sorry. Can I ask? Yes. Was was your brother's boyfriend like really hot? Like, was he hot? Honestly, they kind of looked alike. I was like, this is so typical of him. <laughs> Wait. Yes. Apparently, that's common as we get older. That freaks me out. I'm not ready to accept it. But okay. Anyway, that answered my question. Keep going. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. Anyways, so I was like really kind of already in a bit of a crisis with my faith, Um, but this just sent everything into a little bit of a spiral. And I got to a point where I was like, I want to go back to counseling. Like I need to talk to someone about what's going on. Like I was really struggling with it because I was just like, just had so much like love and compassion and like this protective energy for my brother. Um, so you wanted to like, go to counseling specifically for this, his coming out. Yeah. And, and like and, what it, how it impacted my faith and how I was right. confused about like, remind me, what, sorry, <laughs> remind <laughs> me of um, y'all's age difference again. We're three years apart. Okay. Yeah. So he was like early 20s um, when he came out. Um, anyways. Okay. So I decided that I, yeah, I was like, I want to talk to someone about this. Like I was so confused about what that meant for me to change my beliefs or like I was just really struggling with it and how um, my beliefs were attached to my identity. Um, so I didn't know if I should go to a Christian counselor who would understand like the background that I'm coming from, but possibly be an ignorant asshole or 
go to a non-Christian who would probably be very accepting and loving and welcoming of the LGBTQ community, but maybe wouldn't understand the background that I was coming from, which is a huge part of it. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I ended up like reaching out to a former counselor um, who gave me a recommendation for a Christian counselor. Okay. Um, And I was like, okay, like she seems cool. And I wasn't like anti-Christians, but I just, yeah, it was a kind of confusing thing to figure out. So (laughs) I go to this counseling session. I will never forget this. Um, And like, you know, we sit down and start talking and I tell her why I'm here and, you know, tell her what happened with my brother coming out. That's Tucker speaking of all. <laughs> Tuck. Tucker. He's so cute. You're so cute. Okay. I will literally okay. never fault him for anything. Because he's Tuck, perfect. Go squeak, anyway. in, go squeak in peace. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I tell her, you know, like my brother recently came out and... Um, <laughs> can't take it away from him <laughs> I mean I can't um and I won't so I don't blame you I really don't yeah <laughs> so um I told her you know my brother recently came out and like I'm really struggling with how to reconcile my beliefs and she said well you know homosexuality is um no different than any other sin it's just like lying or cheating or stealing. And I looked at her and I said, that's, I said, that's exactly what I feel like I don't believe anymore. And she was like, okay. well, that is, that is what the Bible says. <laughs> All right. And McKinley, McKinley, I caught into a theological debate with this fucking woman that I paid like $120 to see. Um, For what, 10 minutes? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not, that was not mocking therapists charging their worth. That was mocking this bitch. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I am baffled by that whole reality within the church of, it's gut-wrenching, and frankly, I want to, I'm like nauseous even thinking about it. Harming a child in any capacity is the same as like, Stealing Victoria's Secret underwear, which, like, frankly, we all did in high school there. I said it. <laughs> um, it's worth nothing, um, though. It's fine. <laughs> I didn't, for the record. I mean, I never did. I just hung out with people that did. Anyway, and I'm not going to say no to free undies, free panties. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, oh, my God. Like, now, yeah. with what I believe now... To say, like, yeah, homosexuality is the same as stealing. What the fuck? (laughs) But also, can we just clarify that, like, being gay, having a sexual preference, orienting yourself toward a sexual preference, whatever it is, is not a sin unless there is, unless there are not two consenting multiple consenting adults it's not a fucking sin and well, the fact we're just like getting into what is 
what is sin? What is sin? Well, and like, is it even? We're going to put a pin in that. <laughs> we're going to put a pin in that. But it's just mind boggling that like, and I think that kind of proves my point. Like, it's mind boggling to think that there was this whole world to be discovered um, from the thought of being gay is a sin. Homosexuality mm-hmm. is a sin. There's this whole world to be discovered of like, okay, well, what else is a sin? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, well, fuck. Yeah. Like most of, I would argue, and this is obviously a personal preference. I feel like we probably share in this sentiment. I would argue that the majority of the things that we were taught were, what is it? Cardinal sins or whatever the fuck. Mm. Like, mm-hmm are not they're not sins it's simply humanity it's simply leaning into creation it's simply leaning into what we are as humans anyway different conversation hate the word sin i hate it but again i love it in that (laughs) i think i love it now i again hypo and hyper like we've gone different Anyway, okay. Keep going. That fucking woman pissed me off so much. And um, yeah, I'll never forget that. Like how upset I was about just like her lack of professionalism for one thing. It's like if she believes that, that's fine. I shouldn't know that. Like your belief shouldn't impact our therapy, you know? But it's that's like the complicated thing about deconstructing your faith is like it's such a huge part of your life um and it's hard to find someone that can understand but also relate to what you currently believe um i know when i found my counselor that diagnosed me with ptsd that i've talked about before she was someone that had like gone through a deconstruction and i felt so understood by her and was able to finally have someone to talk to about all of this stuff um wish i had had her like back when my brother came out man Mm. um do you know and this you know tell me if you don't want to talk through this because again a lot of this is his story to tell but do you know if your brother came out and then like sought any sort of therapy or guidance outside of your family? Oh yeah. I mean, he has had a whole plethora of mental health issues, like, which I, yeah, which are very connected to him being gay and spending most of his life closeted. Um, But yeah, he's been in therapy. And I remember when he was first in therapy, he was like, I'm not going to a Christian counselor. And me Mm. being like, like that was kind of a shifting point for me of like, oh, if I want to become a counselor, maybe I don't want to be a Christian counselor because my brother is exactly the kind of person I would want to be seeing, you know? Right, right. Um, So anyways, that just kind of like catapulted me into like really digging into like, what do I believe about the Bible, about church, about God? Um, And ultimately like, wasn't willing to like abandon my core beliefs anymore. Um, Like things that didn't sit well with me in my soul that I had just 
written off as being like, I'll never understand, you know, mm-hmm. um, like my finite human brain will never understand like God's wisdom. Nope. Nope. I don't do that. Anymore. God, like, I, I don't do that anymore. I'm like, I remember I, those days. Yeah. Um, and I just got to a point where I started to listen to my intuition again to figure out what do I actually believe? What are my values? And, you know, eventually walked away from Christianity altogether. But it mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. was my brother that made me look at my faith and be like, am I in or am I out? Because when I first, um, like after he came out, I started looking at church through like his perspective. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I don't want to go to a church that he wouldn't be welcomed at. And it narrowed down the selection really quickly. Um, ah, I can imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And even churches that claim to be affirming, you hear all kinds of shit about them not actually being like, um, oh yeah. And yeah, eventually I was like, this is gross. I don't want to associate with it anymore. Like, I don't right. want some closeted teenage boy to meet. Well, okay, that's weird. And have them assume that I believe <laughs> those things. Like, I just didn't want to be associated with it at all. And it was truly driven by my love for, like, the queer community. Um so I like left Christianity, was right. really passionate about um, just LGBTQ mm. rights and awareness and love and all of that. Um, my family was all really supportive of my brother. Like my dad has read books and books and books on like queerness and the church and um like they were just all allies even my brother's twin who's like the opposite of him like a guy's guy um you know his reaction when he found out that his brother was gay was like well if anyone's gonna mess with him they gotta go through me like my whole family just kind of rallied around him and we're like nope this is our person and we're gonna like protect him um God, Kel, I can't help but like take a moment to give attention to the folks that don't get that. Yeah, because it's rare, I think, to have um, a situation like that with my parents. And knowing your brother, I'm so fucking grateful that he had that. Mm -hmm. But my God, if like, my, you know, our life's work didn't, you know, further the progress to the point where like more families are reacting that way than like, what the hell are we doing? You know what I'm saying? Like all of that said, that is so lovely to hear, but I also want to give space for the people who don't have that experience. And it just like, it, it freaks me the fuck out. Frankly, I don't have the answer. I'm not going to pretend like I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I just, yeah. Yeah. Again, another, you know, hour and a half long conversation about, you know, families 
uh, disregarding an individual as their family simply because of preference. And that, (laughs) that fucking kills me, you know, to think about. So I'm so glad that that wasn't what happened in this case. He flipped our whole worlds upside down and we are all better for it. Um, myself included, as I will continue with my story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. Now yeah. you, yeah. Like how, how do you, you know, obviously one can draw a conclusion about, you know, um, how you grew from this and like how you found your own sexuality and all of this, but what, what was the beginning? We'll start there. What was the beginning of your recognition of your own sexuality and and everything that yeah. came with it? So, you know, I've shared my story about like my history with sexual assault and um, with getting married without having processed that and just all of the internal chaos that ensued. Um, but I was so deeply sexually repressed. Like in my marriage, Mm. I was coping by dissociating during sex. I was just completely disconnected from the reality of what was happening. Um, And when, when Travis and I were in counseling and we're seeing our therapist who was a sex therapist. um, Travis, you're... Yes. Ex-husband. Yeah. Yes. Um, so when we first started going to therapy, um, in my very first counseling session, and I brought this up quite a bit lately, I said, like, guys, maybe I'm just gay. And they both were like, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're being dramatic. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, can I just say that when my parents did not allow me to date this guy in high school... I mean, don't get me wrong. He was like fucking hot, but he was oh fucking thug, which I don't know. We all need a little thug love in our life. Anyway, um, I, I, yes, I will stand by that. Um, I basically was like, well, let's just see like what you think when I'm a lesbian and like, you know, sleeping with women and I will never forget their, the look on their faces. And like, I probably could bring it up now and they would laugh. I like to think, but I don't know. Anyway, all that to say that was the world we lived in. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. are you? Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, um, it's really complicated. I was really repressed. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I was attracted to. I, at one point was like, maybe I'm just asexual. I don't know. Um, Mm. That's, that's not true. Fortunately for me. Um, From what I know about you. Yeah, that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyways, you know, I ended up getting, you know, deciding to get divorced. And um, part of that was, me wanting to explore my sexuality and figure out what I want and have that experience that I felt like was taken away from me. Um, so, you know, I moved to Denver and I was like, okay, like I'm going to start dating, whatever. And, um, I met this girl through work and I crushed on her so hard. Do you remember this, McKinley? 
Do I remember it? <laughs> it was the topic of fucking conversation for like a month and a half. And then oh even after that, it would slide itself into conversation. <laughs> and I'd be like, Kel. <laughs> I just remember being like, Kel, if you want to pursue this, can you just fucking do it already? Like, I know. <laughs> I can't. I can't speak for anyone but myself, but like I'm sitting on pins and needles. Like, please do something. Mm. My God, yeah, I do. Rem- <laughs> do I remember? Anyway, yes. yeah, we, I fucking remember. Just, like, really opened my eyes <laughs> to the fact that I could actually see myself dating a girl. Um, I had, I think I have always been attracted to women and men, um, but I just kind of thought that like all women were attracted to women. And then I started talking about it with people and like my experiences. And I'm like, oh, you haven't masturbated to Sydney Sweeney? <laughs> Is that gay? Literally, I don't even, I don't even fucking know who that is. <laughs> She's um in Euphoria and the White Lotus. Oh, the blonde one with the big yeah. tits. Yeah. Yeah. You know, part of yeah. me, I've literally had conscious thought about this. I'm like, are her tits just big or is she just very, like, is her waist just small? I don't know. I don't know. It's both. But I do know who she is. Um, Yeah, I can confidently say I've never masturbated her. <laughs> I, like, casually brought that up and a friend was like, that's so gay. And I was like, Oh wait, really? Was that like a that was a reckoning? That was a a moment of awakening for you. I did not even know that. That's hilarious. So I matched with a few girls, went on a few dates, and just like didn't really find anyone that I super clicked with. Um, Like they gave me that feeling that I got with my girl crush that I met back in January. And yeah, I was just kind of like struggling with it and like started to identify as being bisexual, but still was just kind of like unsure about everything. Um, And like I found myself, it was so much easier to date guys than it was girls. Like guys are so predictable and like... It's just, there's a, there's a very, um, like there's a routine and there's our roles and there are rules and it's just, it's something that I, I know how to do. Like I know how to date a man. And so I feel like I found myself kind of like falling back into that because it was easier, but like really having a desire to like date a woman, um, and just not finding that person. Um, and recently I met that person. Wait, you're muted. What'd you say? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) um, like so special and new and, um, yeah, I just feel like very tender about like this person and this relationship already, even though it's like very new, but, um, 
Yeah. But you guys, I met a girl. I met a girl and I am crushing so hard. And the feeling is mutual. Okay, yes. Tell us as much detail about like how you guys met and like as you're willing to disclose. We met on Bumble. So yay Bumble. Boomble. It's been great success for me. Boom Boomble. Um <laughs> Yeah, we met and I thought she was super, super cute and um, like really thoughtful and the messages that she was sending me. And then we made plans to meet up and then I canceled on her, which is so me. Did I, did I tell you that, McKinley? I think so, but I'm going to be honest, you've told me that a couple times. <laughs> So I don't. I thought I messed it up with her. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Keep going. But yeah, I'm sure that I will like have more to say about her in the future. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, But I am just like, (laughs) I'm experiencing so much joy, like because of her and like because of our relationship. And it is just like about fucking time is how I feel. I'm like, it is about time. I got a break. I got some joy from like all the stuff that I've been going through. Um, yeah, it's been It's like, about damn time. It's giving wonderful. Lizzo in her best moments. Yeah. Yeah. In her best moments. Let, yeah. Yes. Let me, um, <laughs> let me just specify. <laughs> but it's been just like the coolest thing to, to, experience like coming out as bisexual outside of being a christian Mm. like to get to experience all of this without all of that looming over me of how do i make this work with my beliefs i don't have to i just get to be who i am and like live in this like queer joy that i'm experiencing right now yes um I am like forever grateful. Like part of me is so, I mean, devastated that I didn't know this about myself, that I was repressing this side Mm -hmm. of myself for Mm -hmm. so long. Mm -hmm. But if ever there is a silver lining, it's that I got to come out and explore this side of me without all the shame of Christianity, which is not something my brother got to do. It's not something that a lot of people get to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for and, like recognizing that. I. Oh, yeah. I think that, frankly, unrelated, your consciousness is something I really appreciate about you. And even in this, hmm. you know, um, this landscape and navigating it, I think that it's it's really reassuring and really beautiful to hear um you be able to reflect on your own experience but also recognize that that's not everyone's experience you know the beauty of mm-hmm. of your experience so yeah but okay wait yeah. i want to talk about the apps and like what your i mean obviously we were both on the apps we were both like going through the rigmarole if you will it's my latest favorite word <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's fun. Rigmarole. Don't know how to spell it. Don't ask me. Um, <laughs> but t- like, talk to me more about 
what that journey looks like because like you mentioned bumble and if anyone has used bumble like they know you can specify preference and a million other things like sexual orientation but a million other things and blah 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 Mm -hmm. what have you like i for example have been on bumble and um because my preference is men i have been presented with trans men who are little slices Mm. you know what i mean like it's just Mm -hmm. it just is the differentiation is is vast so please i want to hear more about that yeah it was really interesting like um for the most part like i just have my dating profile on like i'm open to dating everyone um but oh my gosh all throughout the year i would like get really frustrated with men and then just like turn them off and be like women and non-binary only (laughs) it was really nice to just be like i don't want them in my feed anymore (laughs) um but with like dating with girls like on bumble either of you can message first so it just feels very i don't know equal what other like question did you have any like specific questions about it i mean yes a million but i think like <laughs> from a cis het person's perspective and like here's the thing i don't want to group myself with like other cishet people like i don't want to generalize myself that way because i think i'd be doing myself a disservice um but from that perspective like i'm trying to formulate this again consciously if i am on a dating app and i'm looking for you know, my person or what have you, or like, I'm looking for someone that like sparks my interest or whatever, like based on my parameters, frankly, I think this is very much a personal thing, but my parameters on dating apps are, I hesitate to say this, but like vast, like I, I'm vain. woman who banned men from ever wearing flip-flops <laughs> first of all that deserves its place okay no toad <laughs> um yeah no I uh I'm not the kind of person that's like like I'm gonna give everyone a chance I'm, I think I'm very much like past the height requirements that so many cishet women or female identifying people um find themselves you know the requirements like find themselves putting that on other people but i don't know i think that i also come from the understanding or like the belief it's not even a truth necessarily but the belief that like your person will um be made known to you like almost immediately which i'm i think i still to this day like try to combat because i'm like that's not fucking reality Okay, we have to evaluate every other area of our life. Why not the person that we're going to be with? You know what I mean? Like, Mm. um, so that being said, I'm I just I guess like, I guess it's a personal question. Like what appeals to you on a dating app when you see women? Obviously, men, 
and I, I can say this because mm. I know you, you're a little bit harder on men because like they need to step the fuck up. That's again, <laughs> a different conversation. Um, what do you, on a dating app from maybe a more superficial, not in, in a bad way necessarily, but a more superficial standpoint, like what do you look for in a woman? Mm. Mm. That's a good question. And that's really interesting because I don't feel like I have a type or know like what my type is. Like, I think it's just still like very new, but with women, I find that it's way more about like, is there a vibe between us? Like I could think that she's beautiful in pictures, but if there just isn't really like a connection, then I'm not going to feel attracted to her. So it made it very hard to date on dating apps. The girl that I met earlier this year that I like had this gay revelation about, like we met in person through like networking for our jobs. So it was like right. a very natural meeting. And like, we just had all this chemistry and like vibing. It's a unique, like, I mean, I've never fucked someone that I lived with, even though, or not lived with, fuck. <laughs> I was like, what? I've never fucked or been, I've been interested in people that I've worked with, but like, that's as far as it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And she like, didn't work at my company. Like we were both doing business development for other, like for like mental health organizations. But any, like the point is we met in person. Um, and when I was first dating girls, like on the apps, um, like it was really hard for me to get like a gauge of like, am I attracted to this person? Um, because it's, it's like, yeah, I can think that she's like a very pretty girl, but that doesn't mean that there's a physical attraction there. Um, and so like, I went on a couple of dates with girls that it just like, wasn't there. And like, I wanted it to be, and it just wasn't. And like, I got, I was starting to get discouraged. Enter. Emily, good Lord, she pops up on my Bumble. She's wearing like um, a rainbow like tank top with these cute little overalls and has little like jewels around her eye and like the biggest, brightest smile. Like, I feel like as soon as I saw her picture, I was like, oh, profile met that vibe. Our conversations met that vibe. Our being in person met that vibe. Like, I just feel like I got so lucky matching with her. Um, so um, a story or like, yeah, that's been like really important to me as I have been like coming out, like not only as like queer, but like leaving the church and all of that has been um, Glennon Doyle and her story with her now partner, Abby. And she wrote a book called Untamed that was so special to me in 2020. Wait. Yeah. I definitely thought that Glennon Doyle was a man. No, she's a woman. <laughs> this is excellent to learn. Excellent. Yes. Okay. Oh my Good gosh. to know. McKinley, I get to introduce you to Glennon. Well, I started Anyways. reading Untamed years ago and I was like, I don't remember what my thoughts were. I don't know what was going on. I can't remember. But That I'll must have been a very confusing experience for you. Probably Thinking that time. it was written by a man. Yeah. <laughs> Can you, or maybe, okay, let's just, I'm going to erase my memory of the book. 
And we're going to go back. Also, forgive my voice. I feel like it's going in and out. I don't know what's going on. Anywho, please continue. (laughs) So anyways, Untamed was just a really, really special book for me and still is. And it's kind of Glennon's story about meeting Abby. And I told Emily, like, I feel like she's my Abby, like Mm. to my Glennon. And it's just, it's really special. We actually talked about uh, rereading Untamed. So if you wanted to pull out your copy, you could read along with us. Okay, wait, I think that would be super lovely. Um, I'm going to add it to my list of approximately 12 books okay. that I'm trying to get through right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, kind of. Um, I would love that, to read that with you all. I think that'd be super special. I um, wanted to start a book club when I moved back to San Antonio, but because of how chaotic my life has been, that has not been <laughs> a yeah. priority. But I'm really hoping to do that as, you know, the weather cools off and fall sets in. And I think it'll be nice to, like, gather people around for a book club. So that's definitely on my to-do list. I love that. Um, Yeah. Can I tell you, like, one of the things that's been, like, the most special about Emily is getting to talk about her with Travis. Okay. I envy (laughs) you. For being able to do that because like if I went to my ex and said hey I'm dating this guy which we all know that I've been up and down with like wanting to be friends with him we're finally in a place where we're cordial like I just I'm babysitting our um the great day that we had together like we finally got into this place where it's like okay I can stand to be around you and I don't really mm-hmm. foresee it going any further than that you know but mm-hmm. um I and he's been in like a whole ass relationship since we got divorced so it's just like the dynamic (laughs) well what was weird about it is that he started dating her before we were legally divorced but what was that's a different conversation don't even don't do it cal Cal, (laughs) that she's a grown-ass woman that's into twilight it's weird I didn't say her username, okay? I'm not calling her out, but she is very into Twilight and may or may oh not be a vampire. Oh my God. Honestly, though, the real I, vampire. I, honestly, my thing is like, I have no comment at this point. I just am indifferent. I haven't thought, consciously thought about it. Like, anyway, so I envy you being able to, like, I think I just envy you, like, being able to be friends with an ex I'm not friends with any of my exes like I mean obviously I've only been married once but not even guys that I've dated like I'm just not and I I just I think that if I were dating a man who was friends with his exes I I wouldn't I wouldn't be dating him you know what I mean like it's simple as that so not to say that that's the reason that I don't I'm not friends with them I just am not because it's like our lives have gone in different ways and yeah, I think, I mean, maybe, maybe that is the reason. If I started dating someone and I was friends with my exes, I would feel like icky, you know? See, I tend to stay friends with my exes, but then um, have dramatic breakups with female friendships. So, yeah, it's like pick your poison. Pick your poison. I don't know. We're figuring it out a day at a time. But with all of that said, We would like to thank you all for joining another episode of Black and White. And thank you for being 
so patient as we took our hiatus or a little time away. Yeah. Um, yeah, the support that we even received through that was really special. So thank you all. And we will see you soon for the next episode. Bye guys. Bye.